0: OD is just a small blip, not even,
1: not even registerable. Nobody's even making that noise that's just coming through because of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like feedback from terrible takes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the equipment's like,
2: oh, God.
3: <laughs> Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a
0: length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette?
3: But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm.
4: Thank you for listening to Try Love, a roundtable, literal roundtable podcast about movies we saw at the Try line. I'm Jason. I'm Cody.
3: I'm Aaron. I'm Harry. And we have a special guest today Nick Ransbottom.
4: Nick, uh, welcome mm-hmm. all the way from West Virginia. Yep, that's correct. Take me home.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I hate that song
0: so much. Do it. Do it sing it.
4: Owned. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I'll what do you a great that start. Do you have any idea how much punch? I heard that song yeah, growing up. every time? It's kinda it's, every, every time he says
2: he's from West Virginia, some jackass is like, <laughs> it's "Take me home." It's kind of like Let's how anybody, anybody in this room
1: like would have a good reason to hate Fargo by now, or more specifically, the accent.
0: That's yeah. Midwestern people though will just like overrate the shit out of anything having to do with their state. That's true. Like yeah. Yeah, you know, not being from except for
2: Prince. Prince is actually as good Culver as everybody right, says Yes, that up in, That's Wisconsin. Uh, and Prince.
0: Mm-hmm. Culver, uh, yes, Prince. But Prince, Wisconsin, is Mi- Minnesota, same
3: sure. thing.
4: Sure. Uh, being, wow. wow. <laughs> being from Damn. Indiana. Damn. Being from Indiana, I hate both B- Pete Buttigieg and uh, Mike Pence. So I know how you guys feel just everything's worse in you ate Mike
1: Pence just because you're from Indiana Yeah okay everything else like You'd his policies his policy
4: Sterling like he <laughs> is the leadership this country needs but like just <laughs> cuz I heard so goddamn much about him uh, you we're going to do ta- that
0: same ironic bit about James Woods in a little bit <laughs> you can't do it <laughs> Let's just it's
4: maybe not do
2: ironic bits about <laughs> terrible human beings uh,
4: we are going to be talking about Videodrome today uh, David Cronenberg's 1983 movie and Aaron wants to tell us all about what happens in this movie? I,
0: I really wish I it did not set up my summary so Aaron Karen has
4: written a thesis. This Hit was it. his major. <clears throat> Video
0: Drone, the
2: 1983. Hit it!
0: <clears throat> You're going to do it if I say the summary. You're going to do it.
2: I don't mind. know why you would think okay. that.
0: Video Drone is the 1983 science fiction film directed by David Cronenberg. Um, uh, notorious real life piece of shit, James Woods plays Max Wren the president of a small underground television station named Civic TV uh, that generally plays kind of disgusting smut. Uh, plays pornographic and violent media, uh, basically. But and fictional. It. fictional. Fictional. Fictional.
4: <laughs> That's yes. the distinction.
0: Um, and he is kind of obsessed with finding, like, the next big thing, uh, and then one day an employee of Civic TV who kind of works down in this little underground studio, kind of jacking into, like, random... Yeah, he's a pirate. Uh, jacking
4: in and jacking off. <laughs> Boo. Boo.
0: One day, the before
3: me. <laughs>
0: yes! i almost done. Yes. And one an day, an employee of one. Civic TV shows run an intercepted broadcast, uh, supposedly out of Malaysia, uh, named Videodrome, uh, that depicts uh, especially realistic, um, often sexual violence, uh, scenes of torture, things of that nature. Kind of lacking any sort of plot no plot,
2: one room, pure just stimulus. Yeah. Waiting uh, for
0: Pure stimulus. <laughs> uh, Ren quickly becomes obsessed with this uh, kind of found broadcast, uh, believing it to be, like, just the next big thing for his uh, television station, and begins to uh, see hallucinations after viewing it. And then from there, the plot kind of dissolves into, Goes into wild. This world of conspiracy it and really hallucinations does. and drugs. And yeah, different,
2: kind of uh, like, para-governmental factions infighting cults, uh... Sort of a, a grand conspiratorial um, propaganda to influence idea. the masses, the right. minds and physicality of yeah, the masses. It goes, they live. It's uh, kind of basically yeah. yeah. Another Cronenberg. Yeah, film. I'll bet he was very,
4: very heavily influenced by that movie. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> kind of ripped it off, really. Uh, God, get some original really, ideas. God, it's so Cronenberg. funny. Um, I am very funny.
4: Uh, so Cody, I want to start with you. What did you think of this movie? Just generally, just your quick take.
0: Fine. Eric. Uh, I so I watched this last night. This and I watched this in another film we're gonna podcast about, starting at like midnight last night. Oh like, wow! So I'm like running on like four hours of sleep. So I kind of saw this in like a fever, just like this weird fever dream. So did that I. Fit and I movie. was well rested. Yeah, um, I uh, I liked
2: it. So, yeah. yeah, I, I don't know. It's funny. I was gonna say we'll get into it, but this is the place to get into it. I didn't I've ask you your that yet, so though. Sorry.
4: Back up. That's Harry, Harry, what's your kind opinion? of inconsistent what though? I had a very
1: quick take about the movie. Aaron had a novel. Now you're Harry's getting shut out. He didn't he, but he didn't wait. I didn't wait. There's there's etiquette here. Harry, what did you think about the movie? Nick, what did you
4: think about the movie? Oh, wow. Hit it.
3: Uh gun arguably pretentious ooh. with its themes, but mm. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: What do you think about watching it in 2019?
3: It's, ooh, boy. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Um I feel like those same arguments are still being used today, with, like, violence and media and everything. Uh-huh.
2: Um,
3: but I don't know. It, uh, some stuff do not age well.
2: Okay. We'll get into yeah. that. Free the gamers. Gamers, gamers, rise, gamers up. rise up. Gamers rise up.
3: David
0: Cronenberg. I haven't seen it, but he made a movie called, is it, is it Existence? Which is supposedly... Existence. Existence. Existence, which is... Like existential. Oh, my God. I forgot about that movie. Shit.
2: Flesh guns. Oh,
4: is that... Not exactly what happens in Videodrome, like well, a flesh gun? It's okay. similar.
0: I, th- I think it's a very similar movie. Supposedly that movie is about video games. I have not seen yes. it. Yes. Uh, David Cronenberg a big gamer. Kind of he had it.
4: his heated gaming moment. <sighs> I don't know where to take that joke. I just figured I'd put it out there, see if it yeah. love like video game films. Yeah, on our yeah. 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 You know, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll take a we'll backseat from now on. Sure. Just gonna let this uh, this land lay fallow. Wait till next season, see if I can't grow some really rich. That's rich right, crops. because it doesn't
2: matter what we talk about. The broadcast will be affecting our listeners' minds, regardless. And Twenty-four people will be completely under our twenty-five. Control. Actually, no. 25. I got something I want to play for you. I made this some tapes. <laughs> less intimidating, but I'm into it. Okay, so uh, uh,
4: we had we had a variety of opinions around this movie. Uh, some different takes of whether or not it was good, or whether or not, whether or not it was bad, or whether or, not that, whether or not that matters. And Harry had some thoughts about...
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, me and Cody talked about this a little bit. It's, a, it's interesting, because I think this is a movie that um, I think is extremely realized in the sense that everything that it do- did felt purposeful, and there wasn't a lot that I could argue wasn't right for the movie, or wasn't the right move um <clears throat> but something about it sensibility wise or plot wise didn't uh really gel with me the way that I wanted it to um Cody we talked about a little bit how particularly for me I think that the first act of this movie is really compelling and uh, I think that it... Like, you sort of lampshaded this uh, in your plot summary. Like, sure. I think that the second and third acts of this movie take the plot in some directions that are less interesting than the premise would have you believe. Right. Let's talk um, about what
4: happened in the first act, then. It's, it set up, sets up the whole story of Max Ren and his underground channel and his desire to keep playing more and more uh, convincingly uh, titillating and horrifying content before he stumbles upon Videodrome and realizes maybe he's gotten himself into too much, but he's still there was a um, for me, like, a friction between what he as a person and he as a professional, like uh, uh, I don't even know what to call him, I guess just a station manager uh, a broadcaster was trying to do, and what sort of things he would allow and, it, like, and
2: he he wasn't necessarily being honest with himself right, right. like uh like through, he was fascinated by videodrome for personal reasons uh and sort of titillated mm. by it but he wouldn't admit that right
4: right and he consistently tells I'm forgetting Deborah Harry's character's name Nikki, Nikki Brand Nikki yeah. Brand uh like when she did, wants to watch it he's like reticent to let her he's telling her not to eventually like s- stop doing
1: that you know stop hurting yourself kind of thing that was uh, super interesting having them set up as like Nikki being like a very open minded, like sex positive. Kind That's of the person. term you use that I was trying to keep in mind while watching this movie. Yeah, and Max Wren being like, you know, despite his position, very kind of like closed minded, not open to the same types of things. That Square. Yeah, yes, if if you yeah will. A square right. for sure.
4: Uh and <clears throat> uh, but it's just that dichotomy that that play between his what he's willing to sell to other people and what he's actually going to imbibe is like let other people. It's it, I don't even know like what what is it about that character. Maybe we should dive into like what happens as people watch Videodrome. Basically, their minds and bodies are corrupted by it.
2: Right. So in what increasingly happens is
4: bizarre ways.
2: Something about the audiovisual um, frequency that's broadcast through Videodrome. Affects the mind in a way that makes them start, makes the viewers start to have vivid hallucinations and eventually destroys their body. I mean, eventually what comes out, the sort of pseudoscience that they talk about, is that it literally um, uh, prompts the growth of a brain tumor. In your head, mm-hmm. and that tumor affects the brain in such a way that you start to have hallucinations and your body starts to work differently, and you can be manipulated by other audiovisual signals in such a way that you can be um, sort of uh, weaponized. And, and it turns out that's what happens to James Wood's character, Max Wren, is that different conspiratorial, cult like parties. End up manipulating him as like a uh, an assassin or a tool um, against his will, um, and eventually affect his mind as well as his body. Um, so in it, that way.
4: So the first act is setting up. Yeah. What, what that? What? What exactly is is? It sets up the mystery of what's happening. But then in the second act, we get into, like, learning more about what's happening, some exposition from, uh, what's his name, Brian Oblivion? Right. Uh, a, a doctor
2: who was known to have studied the
4: effects of Videodrome to have, like, helped create it.
2: Yeah, and he was the most compelling prob- part of the movie for me, probably. And this was interesting. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit. But, like, this was this was an interesting movie for me because it reminded me of something that, well, it I used to be all about sort of, like... General, nice. Uh, Like, sort of general uh, existential ideas in movies. And now I feel like I'm much more about pointed um, political or historical arguments, Hmm. more so. Uh, And this is a movie that starts out being about general existential uh anxieties and becomes a pointed political metaphor and i liked it more in the first act which is unusual for me yeah uh, this is a really weird personal thing to say i don't know if it means much to anybody else who's listening but like it was interesting to me because like in the first act when brian oblivion who is like this new media cultist and he's talking about how like the television is the what does he say the iris of the mind's eye the retina the yeah yeah um all of that really worked for me, and like I kept thinking about how this movie was so much about how um, fundamentally the proliferation of um, television and like media is changing the way that the human brain works, literally mm-hmm. uh, in this case, but like metaphorically also. Just the idea that like what does it mean to, to live, in a, <laughs> uh, live, in, a live um, in a society? We live in a society. Nick, where, uh, do we live in society? We live in a society. where <laughs> we live in a society.
3: We live in a society. Aaron? Get
0: very bad news that we do, in fact.
3: What is.
2: Society. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Oh, God. We live in a society. Don't Thank
1: we? You. Uh, but, w- and
2: what what does that mean that, like, now people uh, live and are born into a world where they are saturated by. Um, Visual content at all times mm-hmm. where, like, the information overload hits you in that way. And those themes are foregrounded in this early talk show that goes on, right? Uh, do you guys remember the name of the talk show? Um, that James Wood and, uh, or Max Wren and Nikki Brand are both on, and that's their sort of weird meat cute. They're talking about, you said, like, violence in media, right? Yeah, Nikki
3: argues that we live in an overstimulated society, that be it sex or violence, emotions, whatever. We're getting, like, bombarded with it. Uh, So that's her argument, which is why it's not healthy. Uh, Max argues that it's cathartic.
2: And it provides people an outlet. Right,
3: yeah, like he's doing good...
2: But yeah, that's his his argument, and he sort of throws it back in her face and says, like, well, if you're if you're not all about oversaturation, why are you wearing that nice red dress, and it sucks? Like, that's a weird, gree- creepy thing to say. Yeah, see. and but then he literally comes on to her at yeah. this, like, yep. on live It area. is pretty funny that they have this sort of flirtatious argument in the background while the main talk show host is, like, talking to Brian Oblivion and trying to move the panel forward, and they're just sort of, like, talking in the background. Yeah. Um, anyway, I... I really like that because I really like the idea, especially that Brian Oblivion establishes later on. um, When, spoilers, it's revealed that uh, Brian Oblivion is dead and has been from a brain tumor from Videodrome for some time, but he recorded hundreds of thousands of hours of himself on tapes. And according to his daughter, Bianca Oblivion, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, Who's played by uh, Sonia Smits. Yeah. Uh, That means he's more alive... Than even we are, um, and that was like the really central, compelling idea to me is that like in a sort of postmodern media-dominated landscape, like it's not that that uh, that the the um, the audiovisual world, the like the media world is um, somehow becoming more real. It's that it's making the real world less real. More like... Or, it. like, yeah, There, there's some sense in which, like, the way that... that and, and I'm not... This isn't a conservative movie. This isn't a movie that's coming down, in my opinion, against violence in media. Or, like, it's it's not saying that, like, we're losing our humanity because of, like... Movies and TV, right? I didn't get that impression, I, I think did you? The,
0: the movie kind of very purposefully uh, uh, separates the kind of content that is being shown in the beginning of the film on Civic TV and Videodrome. Like, the thing about Videodrome is that it's actual violence, right? Like, it is not it is not softcore pornography, it is real violence that is being filmed, and that is kind of the thing about it, right? It seems to me that that is clearly, like, a dividing line that Cronenberg is taking. Yeah,
2: but it is interesting that he seems to imply that we're headed toward that.
0: Sure, sure. That the, the, the kind of violent or, or sexual uh, media that we consume kind of makes us desire uh, in some way for, like, the actual thing.
2: Or, like, the... The, the thing I took away from that is the idea that, like, we can't comfortably say that the things that we're watching and interacting with aren't real. So, like, Max Wren's character's uh, argument about catharsis is an irresponsible one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's I, a salesman's I, one, right. right? I think you can make that point without condemning the idea of relationship to media, um, because I don't think this movie does that. But I think this movie is essentially saying that, like, there's something about... Sorry I'm talking so much. Uh, There's something about human identity that, like, is defined by, or at least in relation to media in a very immediate sense, uh, where, like, the things that we interact with, the things that we watch and and read and listen to, are actually changing who we are as people in the way that we think about and see the world. Like, it's writing our brain, right? Like, this movie literally says that it's writing our brain. Mm -hmm, Because uh, when Brian Oblivion is talking about the tumor that killed
4: him, he describes it more as, like, another organ that's yeah. helping to control him, essentially. That's and, he, like and he
2: says it's not an anomaly, it's the next step. Yep. Like, the, the cult of the new flesh believes that the, um, the sort of effects that Videodrome have are leading them to, like, a new stage of human evolution. Um, all hail the new flesh. Yeah. It's the yeah. Long live the new flesh? Whatever Is it? Yeah. It, it is. It's long yeah. live the new flesh. Yep. Yeah. I That's love, the old flesh. I love flesh. the
1: Brian Oblivion reveal. Um, maybe it's uh, just because of recency, um, but it reminded me of the spoilers for Akira, but the, you know, we get to see Akira and it's just Akira's organs. Um... I don't know. It just felt totally. It's just like it's just a culmination of tapes.
2: Well, in in the the new flesh, the cult of the new flesh is trying to achieve a cure existence, right? Like, right. Like at again, spoilers for this movie. But at the end of this movie, um, they tell Max Wren that by destroying himself, his old flesh, he will sort of ascend to like an, a next level of existence, mm. like Nikki Brand did, and like Brian Oblivion did. There's some sense in which, like, leaving behind the physical will make you part of this new wave.
1: Yeah. That um was actually an epilogue that was filmed. Um like us seeing this like we're obviously jumping uh ahead quite a bit, but that's something that was filmed and we didn't see it. Um for better and for worse. Um but it eventually came out to um like post you know end of this movie. Um you know you're listening to the episode spoilers, uh Max Rent shoots himself in the head and then we cut to black. That's the, the after being coerced by Nikki on a television screen to do that, and kind of like showing him what he needs to do. Um, we see Max, then Nikki, and Brian Oblivion in this. Um, I think it's the first room that, like, we like the first time we see Videodrome. It's like that room with Ever-
2: like the weird clay wall and like yeah the, yeah.
1: Um, they're all there. Um, Nikki and Brian also have the the chest slits, the chest VCR things that we see Max uh, with. Very, very Cronenberg. Yeah, um, and then they all uh, like from those chest slits sprout like mutated sexual organs. Um, hmm. And yeah, saying the quiet part loud, sort of. Yeah,
4: yeah. That's an Alfred Hitchcock way to end that movie.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I, and I, I like, and don't like that it was, I just citing, um, some kind of things that we talked about before this episode. Um, I don't like it in that, um, I, I think it, it's a more good pointed message if, um, like Max doesn't make it out of this in a sense to like a higher, um, you know, this this higher, this new state of, of evolution, of humanity. Um, and again, maybe that's just my sensibility. Um, the theme of I on is very 1984-ish. Um, things that aren't necessarily optimistic. Mm. And that's just kind of what I was hoping to take from this. Um, but kind of keeping these characters, Nikki, Brian, Max, together as, like, tracking their progression through this videodromic world um, felt... The, like that also that that's something I would have wanted more. Well,
2: of. I mean, I think that the way that this integrates with the other movies that we've seen, including like 1984, Brazil, and uh, um, even Akira, is that whether or not James Woods' character Max Ren ascends at the end, the idea is that <clears throat> in the wake of the way that media is changing society, we have to change, right? Like mm-hmm. there there can be no old flesh. Like the new flesh is happening, and so like we have to adapt the way that we're thinking or the way that we're relating to each other and media because something is happening that's changing fundamentally the way that humans interact.
4: So is it is it rejection of that change that you think is the ultimate undoing of the characters who are driven like of, of the ignominious ends of the various characters? Or maybe
2: uh, abuse of that change mm. or, or a sort of like application of old values and principles onto a changing landscape which is like the second and third act right is Mm -hmm. that like the videodrome is sort of co-opted by like a radical nationalist cell um but we can
1: yeah and i mean maybe you can kind of argue that whether he pulls the trigger or not i mean max has already indulged in this like he's at the mercy of whoever you know whether it's this uh you know faction that he's uh, overthrown, whether it's a new faction that comes in, there's some kind of overseeing body that he will be at the mercy of. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So, uh, sorry to, to return to act one, because like that was maybe my, my, the part of the, the movie that really spoke to me. Um, what did you guys, I don't know, what did you take away from that whole, like the, the sort of, um, blurring of the lines between, media mediated reality and physical reality even early on the way that like all of that imagery with like the 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 television that becomes flesh and like the way that he sticks his head through the the television screen like what was the sort of that was really fascinating to me in the sense that like I said it sort of creates this this postmodern um, idea that like what we're doing is not necessarily making like media reality real it's revealing something unreal about reality itself Mm. you know like uh it's it's not what's the there's like a line i can't remember it now but like it's something about how like um like like modernism was never about revealing that people had changed it was about revealing that people were always this way or i Mm. don't know um and and that's sort of what i took away from this is that like there's something about media that's demonstrating something about human identity and relationships that uh, has maybe always been true, that we're now unpacking the tools to understand. Mm-hmm. What did any you? any of that resonate with you, Nick?
3: Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Actually, cut that. I, I cannot think of anything right now. <laughs> no, it's great.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, Sorry, I didn't mean to put anybody on the spot.
1: No, um, I think um, just like the like uh, media-revealing something, uh, about us that was already there. Um, and there were kind of two different types of hallucinations and just like two categories. There, uh, there was obviously the very, you know, like the, the chest slits, which man, oh man, that's a phrase that feels weird to say multiple times, but I don't know what, what else you're going to call it. Chest head. Mouth.
0: I mean, yeah, it's like a VHS slot, right? Yeah. That but was the... Yeah, the, well, yeah ch- the chest VCR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, chest VCR. Chest VCR. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the
1: chest VCR is the um, the the television that takes its shape. And then Should we r-
2: explain what the chest VCR is real quick? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I want to take pretty that out. good
0: summary right there. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you explain uh, what the chest
3: VCR I've been, VCR been talking is. too much.
1: Why don't you it's explain the uh, chest VCR? It's, a, it's a, um, a mouth rotated 90 degrees, so vertical. Um, it has teeth. It It's not a mouth. Isn't it? Oh, no, I'm... I'm thinking of something completely... I rewatched the It 2 trailer this morning. No, so it's uh, just <coughs> I, I, have I was going to say I don't think it had teeth. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about uh, Pennywise's mouth, which has teeth.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a it's, it's just like a little slit that he hallucinates that is kind of starting in his you know
2: his groin. Uh, well, eventually, uh, it really does grow there, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess it's kind of unclear about what's a hallucination, and what's right? Not. But other yeah. people interact with it. Sure, it might have been hallucinated. Yes, I mean, right the end of this movie It's all very metaphorical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's essentially it's it's this little slit that... uh it's a VCR. It's a VCR. You, yeah, you put tapes in there.
2: And when you put the tapes in it, it uh, that's that's how they give him his instructions to kill. So I guess we should say that. Like, we should get get into the second act. Uh, does somebody want to talk about what happens with oh, this? I,
4: I, I would. I finished this movie uh, last year, and then last night when I tried to rewatch it, I fell asleep like at the beginning of the second act-ish, maybe
0: halfway through. So I'm not the best to recap like exact plot. I'm also with Harry though. I think the first act this movie
2: holds up a lot better than the, I, I yeah. like
0: the second half. No, I, think, I think it's. Good. I think that's what
4: people love about the movie, though, is that it goes way off the rails. It does. It goes
2: nuts. You wouldn't have thought that what was happening. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a mystery movie, right? Like it it turns out that. Uh, Everybody involved with this was playing a couple of different games. Like it turns out that the pirate uh, that he was working with is is part of this radical nationalist cell.
0: Uh, we should say like digital media pirate, not like swashbuckling right. pirate. Yeah, um, he's a guy who's cool. hacking into the, the radio waves. And, and wave right. His name
1: is Harlan. He gives off um, he gave off to me anyway. Supreme Adam Driver vibes. Hmm. Adam uh, Driver vibes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I didn't get that jo- at all. No, me I mean. He looked kind of like Adam Driver. He sounded kind of like Adam Driver. He had the same color hair as Adam Driver. Uh, and he gave a great performance, like Adam Driver
0: does. I didn't, I didn't get that s- at all. Driver, How yeah. did I you feel about Logan
2: Lucky? Harlan vis a vis Adam Driver vibes, Nick? Uh,
3: no, I did not. Nobody else asked
4: you. Cody I picked up Polish what's think? his name yeah. from, from uh, yeah. Ghostbusters. Um, Ghostbusters? Is it Harold. Remus? R- Held Ramis. Ramis up here. That's he a closer... That vibes. Now that is... Good.
0: Yeah, definitely. What did
4: he keep calling Max? Like, Panchero? Patron.
2: Patron.
0: Yeah.
2: Why? Uh, I, patron. It was like a... Yeah, well, I sort of fucking know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I answered that question. Oh, maybe <laughs> I was accidentally
1: thinking about the other guy from Girls. I forget his <laughs> the name. The not adam Driver guy? Yeah. There's well, there's two guy right. girls.
2: I don't know. I've never seen Girls. Shout out to girls. the
1: other performers and Girls. Sure. <laughs> That's
2: a good cast. Uh, yeah, it is a decent cast. Nick,
4: Nick, you've been swiping away at what look like notes on your phone. Yep. It, there's, it feels like there's something you want to say about this movie. Um, are, we can pivot.
3: Okay. Um, Transition. <laughs> so, I, I'm i torn between whether or not the movie's trying to make a statement. I'm not sure if is actually trying to say something. Hmm. Or, um, or
4: if he's just being fetishistic. Yeah, definitely.
3: Hmm. Like, I I feel like at its core, the themes themselves... You know, th- they are a statement, but I'm not sure if the point of the movie itself is a statement. You know it's, what I mean?
4: It's like... Cody was saying this I think you were saying this yesterday about police story it's like if a movie's theme can, or maybe Harry was saying this if a movie's theme can be one sentence it's not a theme
2: yeah Cody mm-hmm. said that yeah
4: like and it if, feels if, if, like video drama at its worst feels that way to me too like oh the slit in his chest looks like a vagina and he's pulling out all the videotapes and thank you for being the one to say that it. yeah, yeah. I actually
3: have that written down in my notes right yeah. uh, yeah.
4: but like but what, is, what does that really say? I think Harry's trying to itch it, like, scratch that itch a little bit with trying scratch to... Scratch that slit. Scratch that itch no, slit. It, Please, it no. It, it don't itch. Please, like God, no. <laughs> uh, So, do you think of that... He itches at it. Do you, you know? do, you, do you like it less for that? For that it's maybe, like, positing all these b- suspicious themes and maybe not actually, like, saying anything about them?
3: You know, I actually think I like it more for not sticking to one point.
2: Okay. If
3: it did, I think it would come across as preachy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. okay. this
2: definitely doesn't come off as preachy. No.
3: It's yeah. like the the concept itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do
1: actually really like um, the idea of Cronenberg uh, fetishizing certain things. In that, Like, there are certain hallucinations, that, like the chest VCRs, uh, that we see over and over again. Like, Videodrome is presented as this enterprise that could give us any number of hallucinations that we could possibly imagine, yet we somehow gravitate back towards that oh. super frequently. Also, yeah. the um, the other uh, type of hallucination that I didn't touch on earlier, just like the more literal um, of Max slapping Brighty. I was literally about to say that. Which is like, A, like something that like we maybe sort of get an idea of uh, earlier in the film, like her wake-up calls, him, Max being annoyed by her at work, just kind of the idea of Violence against her, like deep uh, underlying is his actions, subconscious. Um, you know. Yes, and yeah, exactly. Violence against
4: women entirely because and in that, yes, in also just violence against women. in that specific scene. Yes. And re- please remember what you were going to say because I have a tendency to hijack these conversations. No, no, no that was that was it, you got it. But he grabs her and uh, slaps her, and then uh, she turns around and it's uh, Nikki, and then he slaps her again, and he turns around and it's I forget the character.
2: It's a really powerful scene it, it is a very it's frightening like, it is yeah.
4: a, a very uncomfortable scene to watch because then he like let's go of her and he's distraught and he's like
1: i'm so sorry for hitting you and she's yeah. like
4: you didn't you didn't hit me right like, you imagined that you you fantasized that like
1: yeah and then the, there's a halluc- uh, hallucination later on after he meets um uh barry convex uh kind of like very a, very good name by the way um very good name i have a quick note about this guy after this bit but um uh, like his his forced hallucination where he's um, I, I mean like the would you say it's uh, <coughs> BDSM just like he's whipping uh, Nikki and then I thought it was Masha Nikki and oh, then I'm Masha which yeah. is yeah, yeah. like the, of sport, is intru- like the yeah.
2: interchangeability of women uh, that's sort of a motif in this movie is disturbing right. yes. but yes. also pointed I, th- I think uh,
4: it's, it's really bad to call it effective but like if there's a point to this movie to those themes Nick was mentioning I think like it's that's, interesting that's because them, yeah.
2: I I liked what Nick we can get back to what I liked what Nick said a lot. Um I think that this movie uh makes a really pointed and like c- consistent uh clear message and like I think that the the clarity of the message leaves behind the interesting stuff which hmm. is like maybe my main problem. Like I like the establishment of the first act and then I think it it uh it narrows its scope too much and makes a point about Politics and uh, censorship, or about um, basically like critical media viewing. Uh, but we can get back to what talking about podcasting. Yeah.
1: Mine was super super quick. I just uh, and it would give us a chance to not talk about uh, video drum for a little bit. So um, Leslie Carlson plays Barry Convex. Um, I really like his performance. It's like very put together, but he's also kind of jittery. Um, like, can you mean, set up who Barry Convex? Or Barry Convex, is Convex yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so Barry Convex. Uh, he eventually comes to meet uh, Max Wren kind of at the like the end of the second start of the third act he is the um the the owner, the CEO of this um something optical uh, like the company that is lo-
2: spectacular spectacular optical yeah uh, optical that is uh. Um, They're like pretty, a, a mega corporation. I yes. think at one point he says he makes everything from uh,
0: it's uh, uh, eyeglasses for people in the third world uh, in third world countries. He says they make uh, missile missile defense systems mm-hmm, for like, mm-hmm.
2: FEMA, or right. Something like right? So it, it's yeah. like this is a cyberpunk movie, yeah. and like this is your mega corporation, yes. right? Like, yeah, yeah,
1: um, and yeah. So uh, he is the yeah, and he's one of the, I guess along with Brian Oblivion, like the one. Well, I guess now he's the only one kind of peddling out video game to the masses. And that's that's the intent here. He and Harlan and the rest of the people right enterprise. And,
2: but but Brian Oblivion is the leader of the opposing faction, right? There, it, yeah. It, at the end of this movie, or by the end of this movie, it's revealed that there are two sort of opposing factions. Right. It's Spectacular Optical, which is a front for this sort of like radical cell that that is trying to basically control America mm-hmm. and sort of um, s- what it, curate sculpt. Uh, they're eugenicists essentially uh america using videodrome and then there's the cult of the new flesh which are trying to destroy them and use videodrome to sort of ascend humanity yes um which is interesting i there's videodrome is really interesting to me because it's an amoral tool uh and i think that it's only given sort of meaning and uh utility through the people who use it. Right, which is interesting. And, like, it, it makes the, the repeated use of both violence against women and firearms feel really pointed to me. Like, the fact that, like, the first thing that happens to uh, Max when he gets his slit, again, sorry for using that word, is he puts a gun in it. Like and that gun comes back and it's a and recurring motif throughout he the is used he could be manipulated act. to do anything and what do they do they literally strap a gun to his hand like there's a great Cronenberg scene Absolutely. maybe my favorite in the movie it, yeah it's really good uh, it's the super body horror part where like uh, Max has his gun in his hand and these like wires come out of his Tindras, fingers yeah and Vails, like, underneath like, his fingernails right and yeah. like slash into his arm and basically like tie the gun to his hand and eventually it, it grows further and becomes this like big pulsing like tumor that still is the gun and he can't he can't put down the gun he has to use it and uh it's like you you know we could have made them anything and yeah that's kind of like the pointed narrowing of the scope Maybe Yes that the is the part that I don't necessarily like even yeah. though I really like that. that. Scene so good, where he's up yes. against the wall. And he's it's the like, best yeah. Yeah, scene. It's, yeah. it's very it, good. Yeah. The scene um, itself
1: is really good.
0: Yeah, I, this this movie kind of falls... I, I liked it a lot. I, I think it kind of falls into uh, the, the trap of introducing a lot of plot elements that mm-hmm. I think are still thematically resonant, but mm-hmm. maybe it's it's not as... Like, the first half of this movie is, like, very extremely my shit. Like, I was taking down notes, like, every second watching it. Uh, everything, from like, the set design um, to just... There's there's so many, like, little, like, nice symbolic touches that are thrown in there. Yeah,
2: we should say that, like, I think throughout, but especially yeah. in the first half, this is, like, a masterfully made movie. Yeah. Like, this yeah. dude knows, like, what he's doing, and it's in, right? And it's
0: in your face about it, too. Like, the, the first scene is literally he's eating this pizza that has been, like, pecked at for, like clearly just, like, days, he's just been eating, just pecking at this pizza that has toppings spilling everywhere, and he's, like, looking at these uh, sexual images from this this company that he might buy some, like, pornographic films for, for his TV channel, and he's, like, getting pizza sauce onto the photos as he's looking at it, and it's, like, so gross and mm-hmm. it's such a clear, like, metaphor for, like... I, I yeah. did...
1: I loved how dirty his apartment was. Everything's like, dirty in this uh, movie, yeah. It helped... It helped to make, like, the practical effects more real in their own way. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just thought that was really smart. It's not
4: like, the whole setting of the movie isn't, like, stereotypically dystopian. Right. It seems like more of the dystopia exists, like, purely through airwaves. It's not like we have... Uh, you know, gigantic satellites orbiting the sky and, you know, somebody watching us every minute, Big Brother style. But it's, like, through these small, dark spaces is where you get the feeling that, like, this world is genuinely fucked up.
2: Yeah. Uh, And and that, like, works really well for, like, my favorite thing that body horror does, which is sort of resonant also or parallel with what I was talking about with the way that this movie applies media and postmodernism, which is that, like, my favorite shit that body horror does is, like, it doesn't... It's not horrifying and gross the new things that are happening to the body. It's the way that it makes you think about how gross your body always is. <laughs> it's like when I like when I like watch body horror I start to think like holy shit man like having a body sucks and like, <laughs> Fingers like being in a body is really creepy. Arms. And gross. What are these? Yeah, things? you like look at your <laughs> arms after you watch something like Alien or Videodrome yeah. and you're like this is fucked up dude. What's
0: the sci-fi they're made of meat uh, a short story. Soylent Green? This is, like, one of the most famous shorts. It's it's, it's, a conversation between two aliens, and they're talking about, like, these life forms, and, like, you slowly realize they're talking about people, and just, like, they're made of meat, and it's like, that's disgusting. Like, what is that? And it's like, yeah, they're... They're I think just it's like actually flesh called They're just—they're just, made of meat. They're made they're out, made of, out meat. of meat. Yeah, it's—it's yeah, it's good. It's who's it by? It's
4: David Cronenberg. Terry Bisson. Oh. Terry
0: Bisson. It's a it won a bunch of awards. It's—it's it's a good. It's like a solid two pages. Um, but it—it it really makes you think. Two like, pages yeah, we now that is my extremely shit. fucking disgusting, aren't we? Like, yeah, I mean that's and that's are gross. like my
2: favorite thing that body horror does, yeah. right? Is that like it—it it gets you to think about your mortality and how like. How terrifying and, and uh, upsetting it is to be sort of like fundamentally associated with like a piece of meat and yeah bone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is me, but I I don't have like too many phobias or anything, but like the... I've always been, like, a little of, like, kind of scared to like, get a little nauseous with, like, the idea of, like, shots or, like, things puncturing skin. And there's a few scenes in this movie that are mm. not just the wires, like, coming out of the fingernails, but the, the scene... There's a scene where James Wood's character is, uh, having sex with, uh... Nikki uh, yeah, Brand? Debbie Harry playing, uh, Nikki Brand. Um, and while they're having sex, he's, like, piercing her ears... Yeah, oh. video which is a g- so consensual?
2: They're they're experimenting. She's she's an experimental she's person. Mass- very, she's very a mass- uh, yeah, mass-
4: Pedro uh, mo- moment, by the way, like extremely. Reminded yeah. me very much of what is that Laws of Desire or Matador? Oh Laws of Desire. Yeah, I, I was thinking of Matador, uh, but yeah, like
0: I find that I find that stuff a lot harder to watch than you know. There's a scene later in the movie where a guy's body like starts gurgling and starts like yeah. Why
2: why does that happen?
1: With uh, Barry Convex? Barry Convex. So, After
2: so he gets shot, his body, like, fucking, like, explodes. And it, it was, like, the most expensive-looking effect in the movie. And it was like, wait, why is he, like, a flesh goblin
4: now? <laughs> like, I, didn't, it, I don't was know. Was it like uh, what the, the movie you were talking about recently where you, like, you see the guy and you know that his face is easily made into papier-mâché? Yes. <laughs> so that you can uh, explode that, his that head absolutely realistically? absolutely does happen. They, like, cut guy? away
2: from him and then they cut back and his eyes look like the model eyes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that that face is about to come apart. And then it does.
4: What do you think about uh, body horror as a as a construct, Nick? Is some of the works on you?
2: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. You don't I like hate it? body horror
3: so much. What is your least <laughs> sure. favorite?
4: Was your least favorite instance of body horror in this movie? Like, oh, what is the thing that you're uh, remembering right
3: now? Definitely the well, it's not technically body horror, but the breathing television set. Yeah, it's oh, very that's fleshy. Body yeah, yeah, it's totally. rough. Yeah, and it like
4: has pulsing veins. Yeah, uh, when the what <laughs> are the what
2: are the little white things on the back of the VHS? Uh, tapes. I mean, it's oh, it's the, the, the reels. The knobs.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's how it rewinds. Like it's, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. reels.
2: Um, when those, like, pop out, because like, there's... <laughs> <they're>, yeah. <laughs> and they make that noise, and like, yeah, the tapes start breathing and pulsing. That was so gross.
4: <laughs> I I couldn't get my mind off of Cody mentioned yesterday, when he, after he had watched it, that Videodrome has some of the most, like, Overtly unnecessary, wet, sloppy kissing noises. It's like two completely human characters not being influenced by video the film at shit, all. That's the shit,
3: though, right? Like, it, oh, that's, that's what it's all about. It's is the most that like, hey, like part that like, like kissing
2: is gross, and like it, maybe it's not so different from like having your fucking hand be turned into a pistol that you use to kill somebody because bodies are weird.
0: Even worse than the the kissing is the scene where he's hallucinating and he has the the stomach slit and he's like itching. He's itching the skin around the stomach slit, and it's like the most. Loud, like just, just like yeah, kind of squishy, like oh god, it's the worst. I was sitting there and I was just like, oh, I'm so happy I'm not eating or drinking anything right now. Like,
4: and but just, like, it, it's an estimate to I think how this movie uh, and probably most Cronenberg movies work is that again to Harry's point, it's not showing you like the horrible things that could happen to your body, and more like the horrible thing that your body
2: really is. And the, yeah, and the horrible thing that like that you already are doing when you're watching things or when you're thinking about things and like consciously you will that touch your body the way that this is affecting the way that you will think about yourself and the world and the people around you right and and so like there's a there's a really good sort of uh, art-reflecting theme or, or sort of, like, art-creating theme that, Nick, you said that, like, these these images are in, in and of themselves a statement. That, like, might be the best way that this movie works is that, like, man, like, you will watch this movie and you will come away feeling differently about your body and the the way that you watch TV, yeah. right? Like, you yeah. ha- it will happen. And, mm-hmm. like, in that... Sense this movie is like an unmitigated success, right?
0: So the the quietest place in the in the world supposedly is a uh, like a, a laboratory at the it's at Orfield laboratories in Minnesota. It's like yeah. a sound. I've room. always wanted to go there, and you I plan to
4: propose to somebody there because that'd be the best shit in the world.
0: Well, so supposedly a thing that like people yeah. who are like in that room for a long time say is like you are like extremely aware of like all the noises your body makes that you usually don't hear. You hear like, like your there's, you there's can blood. hear the blood, blood in your veins. veins. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could just hear like your stomach just digesting shit.
4: And like Anybody up for a road trip? I know it's like four. I've looked.
0: You're gonna ask like us to
2: marry you? <laughs> Just be yes, part oh of my, my po- God, pos- part of my polycule. Pot-y-cule. That was Try Love, everyone.
4: Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. L- please listen to our next episode. I <laughs> felt more opinion.
1: flat than the joke I made during the Clueless episode, which showed. is which is weird because it was a great joke.
4: Well, I. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, are we done with that point? Were you?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, let's move on. Uh, yeah,
2: let's, let's go to uh, like, oh,
1: sorry, you asked why the, why that dude exploded into like the best effect of the movie. Um, I don't
2: know. Um, like, that was... Like, Barry Convicts halluc- was just a guy, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. Like, but, but Max Wood's character wasn't there. He had left by then. Well, yeah, he, like... Sh- yeah, yeah. There's yeah, also that
3: scene, though, when Harlan dies and explodes. Mm-hmm. And there are people in the street talking about, you know, there's the hole there, something happened. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not all
4: hallucination. Har- Harlan's whole thing, and I remember this from the first time I watched the movie a couple years back... His hands turn into like Stielen and grenaten, right? Like German explosives, like World War Two. Uh, he sticks explosives. his hand
2: into uh, Max Wren's slit to give him a videotape. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. How many going to say that? Uh, he sticks the VCR and he says, "I got something I want to play for you." That's how you get your assassin, your your Videodrome slit assassin, <laughs> to go kill somebody. as so you put a VHS inside them and then they play the thing that you gave them to to Play like their VHS recorders, um, and uh, except that by this time, Bianco Oblivion has reprogrammed Max. Uh, Bianco Oblivion was Max's first target. We'll go back. We'll sort of work back to this. Uh, and so when when um, Harlan sticks his hand in there, it like bites down and then like puts a grenade in Harlan's hand, and then Harlan blows up. Uh, it's
0: amazing. His hand turns into a... Right. I undersold that. Fleshy (laughs)
2: stick
1: grenade. Um, Justice for Harlan. Uh, I'm a dumbass. Uh, Alex Karpovsky is who I'm thinking of. He is also on Girls. He is more who I think of. I was going to say, how the
0: fuck do you not know the difference? So everything I said when when I was
1: uh, very over the top being like Jason, you're a moron, Um, replace uh, Adam Driver with Alex Karpovsky in in your brains. He's never going to do that with the editing, but just uh, pretend I said Alex Karpovsky the whole time.
0: He's good, on, he's good on girls. He's like, very he's good. He's the coffee shop owner, right? Yes, but yep. Yeah, he, he is a... It's a good cast. Yeah. This is now a girls' fan cast.
3: Girls' cast. <laughs> <laughs> girls' yes. night. I do have a theory on why their bodies go so badly when they die. <laughs> they admit to not having seen Videodrome, but they're also mm. the ones... Who utilize video drama? Yo,
2: that's a good <coughs> ass theory. So that maybe
3: is. when you die, you know it's well, their and, comeuppance.
2: And it's like the the idea is like you are being affected like right. these people yeah, exactly. thought there's sort of a hubris there that that comes to be uh revealed so as untrue so maybe while Barry a is, great not, is
4: not like overtly changing like max is he's like still bad you will inside. still be
2: affected by the video drum man they say the word video drum in this movie like 20,000 times uh
1: yeah that whole like every once in a while you'll see a montage uh put out by someone on film twitter like the names of movie titles said in movies a shout cut. out to
2: jenny she's putting together a <laughs> list uh called namesakes on letterbox nice oh there's also yeah. a really good tweet like you said that yeah. just like compiled like 200 right. of
1: them if somebody could do it with videodrome it'd be at least three minutes just video drum,
2: video drone. video video arena video. Yeah, yeah. They explain the name a bunch. Like Cronenberg was so fucking pleased with himself for coming up with video is,
4: is there anything to the name video? Like, if you're translating it out, video arena, like, or is it just sounding like cool?
2: No, I mean it. It super is right. Like they say at one point that like the battle of the future will be fought in the in the video Uh, and so like that that sets the stage for the idea that like the battle for the human soul for the, for the ex- like future of human uh culture and civilization is going to take place in the media reality um you know, uh, yeah. This what's is with,
0: a. What's with all the media from like around this time up until like 2000 about like weaponized entertainment, right? Because there was, this, I mean, it was definitely a scare. Because yeah, there was well, there was this whole scare that that people were being like incredibly influenced by the stuff that they were watching, not just not just watching but listening to. I mean, I know this movie is mostly concerned with kind of visual medium, but two years after this movie was released, uh, 1985, that was when the. Uh, the Congress was talking about like the parental advisory labels and like the Tipidora Congress was talking about dirty Diana and like Prince and corrupting children. Um, and it seems like there's there's a lot of media about like a weaponized infinite jest right like the ring like this weaponized media being used to like kill people or, blow or manipulate
2: and, people or, or change people yeah, somehow like all we need to do is and this videotape yeah the there was like a big conservative masses. scare about yeah. that. <laughs> That never really left and like that's that's the scare fundamentally that the second act starts to play into right is that it? it it's not just that Videodrome exists and that it's changing people it's that people are weaponizing it specifically um, this uh, I can't remember if they have a name but they're, they're a front, uh, Spectacular Optical is a front, there's this nationalist uh, society that thinks that um, <clears throat> the other countries of the world I just noticed you're uh, your phone cover. No, oh, adults. yeah, thank you. Palpery? Pal- palpy fruit? What, how do you pronounce that? I, I cannot remember. Sure. I've played every game in that series yeah. I can remember. And sea salt you. ice cream. Kingdom yep. Hearts. Great game. Yep. Uh, anyway. Shout out to Kingdom Hearts. Shout out to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Another David Cronenberg Anyway, <laughs> anyway radical national uh, <laughs> cells. I guess. I'll kill you, Aaron. Uh, we'll fight.
4: Uh, we'll fight. <laughs> he's standing on the table. He's taking <laughs> off his belt and he's whipping it around. <laughs> oh, oh my, oh my
2: god, god, he's got a chest gun. Use a big T oh, blade to just, oh beat the shit out he's of he's you. with him. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I just said. Uh, he has a gun! Um, <laughs> this, this sort Hit of it. radical far right cell thinks that the other countries of the world are getting tougher. And uh, if America's not going to decline, then we need to start getting tougher, too. And the way that they're doing that is using Videodrome to target, quote-unquote, low-lives who would be interested in this form of entertainment and take them out. Um, And that's what they're using the broadcasts for.
0: Yeah, I mean, is the... This is where I'm a little conflicted on this. Is the idea that... Uh, you know, modern, I guess modern at this point, uh, American media or Canadian media, I guess is Canadian film, uh, was, you know, overly violent and sexual and that, and that these people had viewed that as like weakening, uh, you know, kind of the populace of the country and so we'd fallen behind. or was the idea that we need to step it up in order to become even more violent and more, you know, I hyper
2: I, I just, uh, I think it's like maybe a, a sort of, and maybe this is wishy-washy, but like I took it as like a general metaphor for the idea of like jingoistic or nationalist propaganda as media. Like sure. sort of like, like these are, these are people who want to utilize, uh, sort of like cultural revolution style, sure. like the, uh, the media for the, for the purposes of making a more nationalist, more united, uh, Conservative future, yeah. Um, I, yeah. They're Fox News, basically spectacular <laughs> Optical is Fox News. Oh my God! <laughs> I,
4: I was going to break that out at the end, but James Woods and Fox News right now, video drum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, because I, I, I guess I took it as you know the 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 one faction being the government, kind of, you know, being I guess saying that they're against this kind of violence while really repurposing it for their own you know uses and then I took the the I guess the, what the church of the new I, flesh I've been
2: calling it the church in the new flesh I don't remember if that's actually what they call it album. that's yeah, such a good it's fucking a pretty name pretty good name yeah, pretty is that badass. the
1: name of the flesh baby album or oh, it is now. It's their right, second album. No. Oh, okay. There's their sophomore feature. Happening.
0: Got it. <laughs> it is one. Okay. Maybe happening. Uh, I took I that wrote the as lyrics. A, this kind of underground filmmaking. I took that as a metaphor for this underground kind of filmmaking that was, you know, having a lot of these violent elements, uh, maybe these sexual elements, too. Um, and I took that kind of main struggle as this kind of maybe artistic struggle, in a way, between those two oh, interesting. Factions of filmmaking at the time. But I, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I I saw both the Cult of the New Flesh and Spectacular Optical as sort of evil and fundamentally unconcerned with the people that they're hurting, um, and and sort of uh, like both of them manipulating media toward uh, ideological ends. And I think that that's what the the movie's ultimate sort of point is saying, which is the the scope uh, squeezing that I wasn't a fan of is the idea that like you set up all of this great idea about like uh, the way in which media is fundamentally changing the human mind and the landscape of human culture which is like something that that actually does like have a really good historical sort of frame of reference like uh, when when, uh, movies first came out novels like were radically altered Uh, this is had asked so i apologize but like in one of my college classes we read a bunch of books that came out right when movies were becoming a thing like henry james's uh what Maisie knew <laughs> and it was wild to see the way that like prose was like altering in order to sort of present new ideas or like reframe conversations about uh the written word in a post-visual uh, media landscape hmm. and so like that I think that this movie is coming out of that tradition of sort of critically examining uh, what it means that, that media looks the way it looks and the way it affects people but then to, to use that to become like oh and like like the, the governments of the world and the, the ideologies of the world are going to weaponize this media and so we have to pay attention to what that means and what it will do is like a good point but it's also ultimately like much less interesting to me. Mm. Uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the plot heavy elements near the end of this. It, honestly, I, I thought about a lot about like Old Boy, and I, I like Old Boy just fine. But that's another movie where I think the the premise of the first half of that movie is so good, and then the second half gets kind of involved in the plot and kind of loses me. Even though, again, like thematically, it is paying off, right? Like it is. Yeah, that's actually a pretty it's good not point a about Old Boy. It's set up. <laughs> yeah. Um, not to just shit old boys. It was a good movie.
1: Um, Are you talking about the the yeah, the, one, the movie, one that came yeah, out a couple yeah. years <laughs> ago? I I seen that the Spike Lee version. version. Yeah, Spike Lee version. Seen
0: people defend that movie. You know, I don't know. They shouldn't. I I didn't like it because it was it was it, it was cool at that moment for like internet people who were just. Uh, Trash to shit talk Spike Lee and just like not acknowledge any of his actual good older films. Ouch! And wow. so that movie came out and was, Dude like do the right perfect.
2: thing is one of the best movies ever made. Oh, easily the best. Kirkland Kr- yeah. is up there too. I finally watched that a couple of years ago. Kirkland. Very, very good. Yeah. Very good movie. That
0: nice. the guys got a lot of classic movies. I just remember people just like shit talking him because he was this studio director for this shitty. I mean, yeah. Again, th- you should don't he, stop he even, remaking. He even Asian took his, films with white cast. He but. took his name
4: off it. Like it's not known as a Spike Lee joint because like they cut it to ribbons, and he yeah. said, "Don't put my name on it." I think
0: it. I think there was like one poster with that, and I was like, "Why is there a Spike Lee joint on the Old Boy?" But, yeah. and then yeah, they took it off. What's your
4: favorite then, Spike Lee movie, Nick?
3: none, because I haven't seen that I'm not going to cut I've that seen, one. I've seen like half of She's Gotta Have It, which I think he directed. Was that him? Yep. I didn't yep. watch that. Yep.
1: Yeah. We've talked a lot about Adam Driver on this episode. Uh, so you should see it. Uh, Black Klansman, he was in Black uh, Clans, which is amazing. Yeah. That is I'm sure cool. you have the right actor this time. Uh, you do. I'd this like this time, here. yes. Yeah. He's actually nominated He's actually nominated of Grace. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah. Wow, he was, awesome. was also in Black Clansman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I th- thought I didn't know that way. when I made that joke. He was wow. David Duke. I oh, wanted to play
0: Inside Man. I love, fucking love Inside Man. That movie kicks ass.
2: I would love to watch
4: Inside Man at the Line. Yeah. Inside Man, are you talking about Videodrome? Yeah.
2: Woo! Oh! Transitions, were back on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, stomach. I, anyway, I think that this is, this is ultimately probably a movie about, uh, critical media consumption, right? It's saying, I think ultimately the the point it's trying to make is like, we in, in the world that we're living now, we need to pay attention to the way that our media is affecting us because other people are, and maybe for nefarious purposes, right? Like, there will be uh, radicals that are going to try to use media to affect the way that we see the world. There will be people who are... Affected by it very immediately and very um, intimately. And so we have to, like, what does that mean? Like, the, the change that has to come is we have to start thinking much more critically about the way that we're consuming media and the way that we're thinking about media, because it's already changing who we are.
4: I, I think that that is driven home, and this is the last thing I'll say about the movie, I think that's driven home
2: in the point you were
4: making about how it's kind of an amoral movie, in many respects. Or Videodrome
2: itself that, is amoral, is what right, I was right, like. right, yeah. Yeah, that, saying.
4: That's, that's what I was meaning to say, in that like, no... Faction that's warring over Videodrome and, or its uses is saying nobody should be like consuming this. It's how we consume it. It's how we approach it. It's like yeah,
2: I. It's interesting because I could problematize that too, right? Because of Spectacular Optical made Videodrome, and it is about torture. Although it, it is said eventually that uh, Videodrome itself is like literally just like a frequency. Yeah. So like the torture is something that's just, one just put over, of over, and that's yeah. what I meant is that the frequency mm. is video the torture is extraneous right yeah. like that's not it, it's just an interesting point the same way that the way that uh they only used the manipulation to kill it was like we could put this frequency on anything and we put it on torture yeah uh, it's like
4: there's no rejecting it is what i'm saying there's no rejecting video it's like yes processing it one way or another yeah, yeah, that's, yeah a like, good, that's a great that's that's what i that's yeah. what i picked up from the movie uh Anybody else pick up anything from the movie? Anything? I'm going to the movie. Anybody need anything? Um.
1: Yeah. Well, y- here's a little uh, snack for the road. Thank uh, you. So um. The fuck does that,
2: mean?
1: <laughs> that this is a so figurative snack for the road. Okay. Um, Leslie Carlson. He's the snack that we're talking about here. Um, so this Carlson wasn't the only Cronenberg uh, directed film that came out in 1983. Uh, Dead Zone also came out. Um, and uh, Leslie Carlson is in. This isn't about Dead Zone, it's just setting the stage here. They both came out in 83. Leslie Carlson is in both of those features. Uh, I think he's in a handful of other Cronenberg <laughs> films as well. But also in 1983, Leslie Carlson played the uh, Christmas tree like shop guy in A Christmas Story. Um, I really <laughs> hope this doesn't fall on. Deaf ears, blind eyes. Uh, I wanted to shout out Christmas story and the little role that Leslie Carlson had that. I didn't know that until was after, that right? 1983, 1983, Was that also nineteen eighty three? Nineteen eighty three, yeah. Wow. What are your for, man, man, for wow. Leslie Carlson? It, yeah. yeah. In Anyways. very influential one. Uh see so yeah, him and um everybody in this movie is, is great. We didn't really talk except about Except for Max Woods. Except for except for uh, what? James Woods. James so, Wood. Except I for James Woods. Max W ran yeah. James yeah. Woods. Yeah. Max um, Wen. We
2: Max go ahead, Who, go
0: ahead. I was gonna say I Actually, like his performance, but James Wood is a gigantic piece of shit. Should we just say it to He's me? A f-
4: Everybody, say your least, favorite, say the most unflattering thing you can about James Wood. Starting with me, I hope he dies. He's a hairy turd. <laughs> drying in the
1: sun uh careful what you say if you um like it'd be liable if he's it was very spoken, litigious right? yeah <laughs> um he, he yeah i mean if we say anything if that is wrong after he will podcast, sue us with the single greatest piece of press we've ever gotten actually um come to okay so i wrote i wrote down a few that we won't get into all of them necessarily i wrote down different reasons why james wood sucks just going by his wikipedia article <laughs> yes. hell yeah um the um
0: This is all
1: according to Wikipedia, So this is Wikipedia, yeah. (laughs) uh, James (laughs) Woods, if you're listening to this, I got this from Wikipedia. Um, These are factual reasons. So it's wrong, check on Wikipedia. Evidence against why you suck. In July 2015, there was a Twitter user who said that um, uh, he claimed James Woods has a a cocaine addiction. Um, So James Woods uh, attempted to sue him for $10 million. um, (laughs) And... uh, you buy a lot of coke
2: with ten million dollars. That's <laughs> very yeah, true. We're not saying Al- yeah. allegedly. Theoretically. You know, allegedly. Theoretically, one yeah. of the things
1: you could buy with that sum of cash is more cocaine, which you know doesn't bode well for James Woods. Um, <coughs> assuming
2: he, what the person said, it, right?
1: Exactly. I, yeah, right, right, that, yeah. It, um, yeah. He attempted to go through the court to find this Twitter user's identity, and the court was like, "No, oh, off? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can't do that." Um, and then, uh, eventually in February 2016, they allowed it. And then in October 2016, the attorney representing that Twitter user um, r- revealed that that Twitter user had passed away. Um, to which James Woods uh, said he hoped the person, quote, died in agony. <laughs> fuck you, James Woods. Yeah. Uh,
0: he's also just like a extremely right-wing... Uh, extremely
1: Republican, right-wing, homophobe, transphobe... Fuck.
2: Piece yeah. of absolute garbage. Exactly. Many, many
1: uh, accusations of alleged uh, sexual allegedly. misconduct allegedly. as well. Allegedly, yeah, yes, allegedly.
0: got banned from. Tw- you know how hard it is to get banned from Twitter. My man got banned from Twitter. A little too
2: hard, if you ask you, me.
0: You can do so much shit on Twitter; they do not give a you shit. Even Elon Musk is still
2: Nazis like Donald Trump are still on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, uh, pretty uh, cheap, Pete. Uh, not allegedly. Yes
1: every performer in this movie is better than James woods we didn't talk about um Lynn Gorman a whole lot she's p- she plays Masha that I th- man she rules she yeah, is she's so great, great. Oh, uh, man. she's another like programmer broadcaster right she yeah like is she presents this um uh this like Greek ancient Greek like softcore pornography she makes softcore yeah uh and she eventually looks more into like the videodrome situation uh and then she and uh, max trying to have like a table conversation about it it's so, like a great scene and like a well um fleshed out character uh new fleshed out character new fleshed out character thank well, you um very they good they really did they really <laughs> didn't need to do that um but masha is is great you the most disapproving else
4: wow Cause just just enough body to that. <laughs> he does not expect puns, really I right? I that. I hate that. Everything
3: added. else, but not. Wow, wow no, you've never puns.
4: listened to an episode of this, have you?
3: No, <laughs> no, I expected good puns. Uh, so. oh. Came to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, uh, came uh, to uh, the uh, wrong place. Uh, speaking of that scene in the restaurant. Yeah. Masher also says that the reason
2: Videodrome is so uh,
3: deadly is because it has a philosophy behind it.
2: That's a great line. Yeah, so, that's a yeah. great line to remember. Yeah, I like that she a lot. says. Uh, it VideoDrome is dangerous because have. it has something you don't have—a philosophy. Yeah. No, yeah, and that what? makes it dangerous. That's, yeah, and so. James
4: Woods was like, "Cut!" That was just real, right? She's just talking directly to me because I have no morals and I'm <laughs> a, like a lousy <laughs> excuse for a human allegedly. being. I'm like, is all allegedly, right?" right. At
0: this James is, Woods. Yeah.
4: What's allegedly.
0: his handle? Well, he's man. Uh, he he
4: right. Oh, together. that's right. Yeah. huh um, Bandle.
2: More like Wames. Juds.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Juds. <laughs> right, um, I, I am. Uh, I'm gonna let Nick talk, but then I'm 100% prepared to just kill
3: this where it lay. <laughs> oh God! Uh, so I have a question for all of you. Uh, with Videodrome, do you think it was saying that more exposure to violence can make people more likely to do violence, or it's about desensitization. Like you get desensitized when you keep seeing violence, and that's how they weaponize it. Man, that's
0: tough. I, I was thinking about that. Well, I-, I think it's kind of interesting how there's like watching this. Apparently, if you were to watch this and then just watch like you know any any of the Jack Thompson stuff around like Grand Theft Auto from like the early two thousands, like. The whole debate around, like, violence in media just apparently has, like, not evolved to where everybody's... The, the discussion they're having on the, the talk show earlier where James Woods' character is saying, you know, hey, it's an economics thing. I provide it because people want to watch it. I'm giving them an outlet that they usually don't get. It's actually a good thing. Like, you can still see people making that point on, like, Reddit, like, mm-hmm. right now. You know what I mean? Like, the, the whole argument over, like, violence in media...
2: I'd um, rather they do it here than in the streets.
0: I, yeah, he yeah. literally says that. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, like, oh, it's actually being... The thing about video drama is it's being done in the streets, right? Like, that is a real thing um, that is somehow even more alluring to people. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to pin down what, like, Kronberg is, like, saying in that regard because he is also... It's hard for me to believe he's saying something like that while also making a movie that is also just as violent right. and sexual. Right, Wh-
2: which is why I can't. I always come back to my admittedly sort of wishy-washy response, right? Milk which toast, is Harry Macken. Yeah, that's what they call me. Um, worst <laughs> nickname. Why do they say that? <laughs> <laughs> they that's not gra- I mean, it's not supposed to be a compliment. Um, <laughs> I <like> just coffee <laughs> breakfast every morning. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is that. Like, I think that this movie is essentially advocating for. Uh, new and more robust forms of media criticism, right? It's saying something like, whether we're being desensitized or whether we're becoming more violent, something is fundamentally changing about the way humans are, or media is revealing something about the way humans are, um, and it's changing the way that we think and the way that we interact with each other. And it's time we confronted that. And it's uh, not media. For better, media, or, worse. For yeah, better or worse. It's not
4: media that That's what I was trying to get at earlier when I was talking about, like, video drone being an amoral thing, and it's like, here, use it. It's not saying the media needs to change. Well, in a lot of ways, 2019, the media does need to change. But it's not saying that at its core, that's, like, the issue. It is criticism of it. It is.
2: The way uh, we use it. Exactly. It is, like,.
4: How we're going to utilize it and how we're going to process it—that is what yeah. ultimately matters, because it's going to be the way that I, mean, whether I whether think the processing
2: is more important, even. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. That's, um, that's that's my point, and I think the idea is that like it's it, like you said, it's happening. Like mm. uh, Nick, you pointed out too that even the people who weaponize it are affected by it. Um, like I, the introduction of something like this is going to affect everyone necessarily. And so we sort of have a collective responsibility to respond to it collectively.
4: Well, and if I can just interject, that kind of brings up another thing I had a thought about earlier with respect to Nikki's career. She's running kind of like a self-help radio line. Yeah, that sounds so good. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's a neat foil because then she's like a very uh, sexually deviant person in, like, private. She, like, enjoys self-harm. Uh, she enjoys. Well, we
2: don't need to call that deviance uh, if ever, Is if that a bad word regarding it? I think. Isn't that King pejorative? King, yeah. yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I apologize. Didn't mean to think shame. Like legitimately. know, <laughs> we're all getting better. Um, okay. Well, she has extreme. Can we call them extreme fringe? Fringe. Fringe. Uh, that might be more othering. Is that more pejorative? We
0: don't need to be. But she's, she's. Anyway, she's adventurous, shit, yes. man. Yeah, she's yeah. very she's, adventurous. She's sexually yes. adventurous.
4: Yes. In, well said, Nick. In, Thank in, you. In and she's. And but her career is to like. Uh, it, it's just given like a little bit of a scene, but where she's basically like the the Frasier of this, uh, <laughs> of this universe, right where she's she's running like a self-help line where she's trying to give people uh, emotional and moral voice. support, in, sex, but in, she's, in she's, incredibly horny voice.
2: Well, and, and like explicitly, like it's like a, a phone sex line. She calls people lover, and she like has this sultry voice. Will, will you call it, her? Yeah. But it's also about helping people off of the ledge, which is wild. Yeah, like it, it's really It's cool. the synthesis it's, of it's those so things. good in her.
0: She's so just like bored while doing it, which is so interesting compared to like James Woods' fascination with this kind of cutting-edge, pornographic, violent stuff that he's, he's searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, you know, kind of set up against her just, again, doing this, I guess, like, service, right? Mm-hmm. But also just being completely bored and, like...
2: Well, and, and also it. it's like, a it's commercial. Like, yeah. her her helpline is, like, also a radio show. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people are presumably listening into suicidal people calling to ask her for help, and then they get and help from her. And it's a sexual, it's and, a sexual and, presentation, and, yeah, too. Yeah, it's like really...
0: <laughs> it's, that's the kind of shit that I really loved at the start of this movie. Like, that was just... Yeah. Like, it, it's like... It's firing at, like, a million miles a minute. Like, every scene there's something that you're picking up on um, that, that is just, like, really fascinating to watch. Inter-
4: interesting
1: world-building in this movie. Yeah. I When you were talking about Nikki's career, I thought f- for a second you were talking about Debbie Harry's career as the lead singer of Blondie, um, which is a band that I can't really speak to because I... Call me. ...haven't really listened to... Call Blondie. me. Any Blondie's good. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Debbie Harry rules in this movie. I, thought, yeah, she, I thought she played
2: Nikki super well. Nope.
1: Yeah, that's Videodrome. Anybody
0: else? I was going to bring up something, I can't remember
2: now. Uh, this in was a great. Genre. This was a great movie to include in the Reagan dystopia, definitely nineteen uh, eighties mm. block that Trilon cinema. Luck with no K. Trilon uh, Cinema. Is
0: it a micro cinema? No, it's cinema.
2: no, it's just cinema now. Right. It's not a Trilon. Mac- the lawn, long Lawn, the lawn macro ranch. Yeah. Um, Lon Lon ranch. Macro Cinema. Um Ranch. Macro Cinema. We're calling it Long Lawn Ranch. it's a good it's time, a thing. Nick. Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> why, why? No, we're not. <laughs> he's never coming back to Minneapolis. <laughs> he loves this city, and he's
4: gone forever. I. That's Videodrome. Thank you very much for joining us, Nick. On this episode. Yeah, thanks, Episode. Nick. We'll, Thank you. We will see you for the next one. I'm Jason. I'm Cody.
0: I'm
2: Aaron.
4: I'm Harry. Thank you for listening and we will uh, we'll talk to Fuck you Fuck James
2: Woods. Long live the new flesh. Fuck James Woods. Allegedly. <laughs> Fuck
1: James Woods.
0: Allegedly.